0: tell you about Indian and Cowboy. Just explain what it is. Indian and Cowboy is an independent uh it's it's a lot it's a lot of things like right? Indian and Cowboy is an independent indigenous media media network that that doesn't like it's it's <laughs> There's a lot of things we're going to do. I, I, I should have written this down. Indian and Cowboy is a website. It's, it's a platform. It's, it's an indigenous podcast network committed to telling indigenous stories for the world to hear. Guided by our ancestors, driven by community, and fueled by the love of the land. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this again. Hold up it's 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 a celebration of story indianandcowboy.com is a platform that celebrates indigenous stories and our stories are our nationhood and our nationhood is our sovereignty and that's what indian and cowboy is
1: Welcome to Otpem Su Squa Kitsigisigok Metis in Space. Chelsea Val Nitsigasan. Molly Swain Nitsigasan. Mantusakaigenik nitotsen. Alright, so here we are. Uh, which episode is this? Is this six? This is yeah, this is episode six. This is like two times the amount of times that we should have quit.
2: Hooray! I know!
1: (laughs) We mathed. We totally. So much math. So early in the episode. I know, I know. Wait for more math. We might eat even algebra later might probably not very might um but anyway so uh welcome to the show if this is your first time listening um we uh we are Métis in space and basically what we do is uh we like to uh review sci-fi and look for uh indigenous tropes indigenous uh representation we just look for indigenous everything in sci-fi because we love sci-fi and we love ourselves yeah and there is a surprisingly massive amount of us in science fiction that's right we're all up in your sci-fi uh so basically this is the way the show goes we uh we open up a bottle of wine we watch a thing we talk about the thing as we watch the thing we scribble notes madly we might even curse and swear a little bit at the screen depending on what we're seeing yeah the occasional war whoop may or may not happen indeed it often happens and then you know after we we talk about the thing And that's what we're doing now. We're talking about the thing. Yep. Uh, So just just a quick caveat, this review podcast may or may not
2: contain reviews. We've been fairly good about it so far, but you know what? You never know. We don't want to get anybody's
1: hopes up. We're going to drop the ball eventually. And don't say we didn't warn you, because we did. We're warning you right now. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So um, I want to introduce the wine of the evening, which is something we do every show. So today we are literally drinking a wine called Patriarch which when you hear what we're reviewing
2: today will make a whole lot of sense it this wine and this thing that we're reviewing were absolutely made for each other
1: yes we are drinking the patriarchy oh yes we are Mm, so it is a it is a pinot noir and uh it's got like prestige written in there so i'm gonna read you a little bit about this wine. the label's a very classy golden black it's so class yeah it's so class that i just i clash with it you actually you actually are clashing. I know I'm mm. really clashing. So, mm. Yeah. Oh. But whatever. We we drank the thing. We're yeah. drinking the thing. Okay. This wine by Patriarch, a wine house founded in 1780, made from Pinot Noir, was harvested in the sun drenched vineyards of the Paydoc. Tasting notes, aroma of ripe red berries with hints of vanilla and oak. Did mm. I not say it was oaky? You did. You right? did say it was oaky. You I know said what? it was
2: oaky. I think that we're actually becoming more sommelier-ish. I know. As things go on. Wait, don't sommeliers just, like, smell it?
1: I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so... I have no idea. If, if, We're... They, if they don't, we are becoming sommelier-ish. Yes. If, and and if, if we... They... T- tasting... Wine taste... Taster stuff uh,
2: official professional (laughs)
1: anyway serve at 13 to 15 degrees celsius with grilled meat or cheese or a blt that your husband lovingly makes you because you did not have time before teaching Cree class to eat any food and the
2: leftovers of chips that your Cree teacher inhaled because she didn't have any time to eat any food yeah you totally didn't get any of that i got like I got a couple crumbs. You had the hint of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, just yes. like, just like a, a hint of vanilla, which is, is what, <laughs> the I, chips like, were oaky. <laughs> yeah. The chips were oaky. But like, do you want to go for a wine that's going to taste like vanilla? Like I'm, I, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm tasting no vanilla. I'm glad I drank a glass and a half of this before I realized that there was supposed to be vanilla in it because that would have probably put me off.
1: Like when I found out that, v- that real vanilla had alcohol in it when I was like a stupid kid, I, what? I may have drank an entire bottle of it and, and got sick. Uh, and the taste of vanilla ever since then has been sort of associated with that, so Intense i'm really illness. glad i'm yeah, I'm really glad I'm not tasting it, in yeah, this same. Wine.
2: yeah, the hint is incredibly subtle. Our palate is not quite that attuned yet, but we're
1: getting we'll get there. there, we're getting there, yeah, so um, I think we need to talk a little bit about this, why we're drinking on the show um yes. it's come up, you know, yeah, few people have uh have have questioned uh whether or not doing this on the show provides a good example or is something that we should be doing as indigenous people yeah like it's it was
2: kind of inevitable it was one of the things that i think we talked about as we were planning the show um you know is is this thing is this appropriate for us to do this uh, what are what are the reasons we feel like this should be part of the thing um and like why generally are we making such a big deal out of it? And I think we got really really mixed reactions. Mm-hmm. Most of the reactions I saw were very very positive and I think that um Chelsea got some of the reactions that were a little bit more, you know, con-
1: questioning con- questioning or yeah, like more ambivalent. Right. Yeah. So I just want to let you know where I'm coming from. Uh growing up out in Lac St. Anne, Alberta, uh it's a rural area and uh and out there I growing up I never had really a model of of uh I guess sensible drinking, right? The only the only thing that people do out there is drink until they're blackout drunk, right? So I avoided alcohol for a really long time because all I ever saw was blackout drunks. You know, adults, kids, everybody just just behaving ridiculously. And so alcohol out there is a real issue for for white people and for native people, right? Which is basically cowboys and Indians out there, right? Um and it wasn't until my uh you know my 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 20s my late 20s that i actually realized that you could drink socially that you you didn't have to drink to excess um and i think that if i had been shown that model earlier on that when i've inevitably uh experimented with alcohol it wouldn't have gone so badly for me and so i've made a i've made a pretty conscious decision in my life that i want to uh i want to show my kids uh, an example where you can drink not to excess you can have like a glass of wine and do a podcast you can have a glass of wine with with your meal and you're not getting drunk you're not getting stupid you're not getting violent you're not getting unpredictable and you're not you know you're not doing all those things that that we um associate with drinking and uh I also really want to challenge this idea that that we have some sort of genetic weakness because the research you know I really I I looked into the uh, into that quite a bit because you know you grow up you hear this that you know indigenous people we can't we can't Uh, genetically handle our liquor and the fact is that yes actually we can um in fact we have a higher tolerance than than some other groups and that can lead to heavy drinking um but i really believe that what you see is is what you do right so um for me this is this is a harm reduction uh issue you know Mm -hmm. if if i can model sensible and responsible drinking then my kids are much like less likely to to go out and drink to excess and do stupid things, yeah
2: I come over, we hang out, you know, we drink a bottle of wine, we get you know a little bit silly but not you know nothing major and it's It's nice to just know that you know all of these all of these things are false because it's not really what the discourse that you hear from mm-hmm. people it's either you know you're going to be an alcoholic or you have to abstain.
1: Right. And mm-hmm. and this is a thing that a lot of people don't understand about our communities is that, that there are more indigenous people that absolutely do not drink any alcohol whatsoever than there are in the regular population. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, there's this, there's a stereotype that we're all alcoholics and we all drink. But the fact is, is that a lot of people have decided in their lives that no drinking at all is, is what is right for them. And I totally respect that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And Any of you out there who have made that decision, you know, I'm not going to question it. I totally understand where you're coming from and and that's your choice. Um, And this is my choice to drink a little bit every once in a while and as responsibly as possible. Um, and I think that, you know, as long as, as as long as all of us are being clear about our choices and the reasons for it, then, you know, that's, that's a good thing. I think we, we need to change the conversation from inevitability, that's difficult to say to, uh, to choice, to, to being in an environment where, you know, the choice is based on what you're surrounded by and is it safe? Uh, you know, when I go back, honestly, when I go back out, out home, I don't drink out there just because the, the, the environment is still like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it's really, uh, it's different out here. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we, this is very much like
2: us operating under a harm reduction model where we want to support and not shame people for their choices, whether it be drinking moderately like we do not drinking at all, which is great. Or, you know, if you're struggling with alcohol, we are here to support you in whatever, you know, whatever capacity we can for that. We're not, we're not here to shame anybody mm-hmm. for any of the choices that they make at all. Um, when we're just here to provide you know just one other way of going about you know or having a relationship with alcohol or yeah. having you know a partaking mm-hmm. if you will so,
1: so yeah. sorry that got kind of heavy yeah you know but uh but it's something that's come up and i and and, and it's something that we've wanted to address yes yeah. yeah so yeah and it's funny because you know if this were any other podcast if this was a non-native podcast it wouldn't it come wouldn't, up at no, all yeah nobody would even fucking question it no nope, we don't we wouldn't need to talk yeah. about it but that's just that's just part of the unpacking that we get to do Hooray! All right. Yeah. So going on to awesomer things. Yes. Um, let's talk about where we are right now, which is, uh, where, if you're listening to us, uh, through SoundCloud, woot, uh, if you're listening to us on the Indian and Cowboys production page, also woot. Also woot. Yeah. This is exciting and new for us. Also iTunes. If
2: you're listening to us through iTunes, also exciting and new and highly technological. Yeah. We're everywhere. Yeah. We, we had no idea we could be so everywhere, but There it is. The future is
1: now. There it is, and here we are. Um, So I just want to give you a little bit of... uh, I'll I'll just read the spiel from Indian and Cowboys. Uh, This is great. I I was super excited when I heard about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's bringing together a lot of different podcasts. Um, I am really, really, really hyped to hear stories from the land uh, with Hayden King and all the people that contribute to that. I'm really interested in all the podcasts that are going to come out. I feel like there is going to be an indigenous podcast explosion and I don't have to just listen to us on repeat anymore. I mean, I probably will. You're still going to. Yeah, let's be honest. But I'll put everybody else on there too. So it'll be like podcast heaven. Mm -hmm. So Indian and Cowboy is an independent media company that creates, produces, and publishes indigenous media projects across multiple platforms on the internet and broadcast media. And I mean like, seriously Ryan is everywhere and knows so much more about all of these different platforms like I feel like he's experimented with every single platform that comes out and
2: now he's getting us to experiment with things he sends us these emails being like I set you guys up on this thing like read up on it like it's great you should totally use it and we're like I've never heard of that what is this call us in five years when we catch up Yeah. (laughs) yeah but for real Ryan basically we like We emailed him, we were like, this project sounds amazing, I don't know if Métis in Space is the kind of thing you're looking for, but if it is, we'd love to get involved in any way possible, and he was stoked on the idea, and basically,
1: he's doing... Like all the work. All the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're doing the podcast and drinking the wine. And he's figuring out all the other technical yeah. things. Yeah, he's the one he got us he got us
2: the Métis dot com. He put us on the iTunes. He got us all sorts of on the radio <laughs> things and listservs and we're gonna figure all that out, Ryan. Eventually. Swear to God. But basically it's it's very exciting and we're we're really, really happy to be involved. Um and we really recommend that you check out Indianandcowboy.com dot com uh to hear us if you're into that but also everybody else that's going on that site um and keep abreast of it because this is the first time anything like this has happened
1: yeah this is pretty groundbreaking Mm -hmm. um and i think that you're going to be seeing a lot of like i mean they call it like new media right but this is going to be this is a great opportunity for us to do what we've always done which is tell stories and talk to each other and And share information, and it's it you know it's like oral tradition all the way, right? You Mm. know it's great, so I I'm really looking forward to it. And if you're sitting out there and you're like, "Mm, you know, I'd really like to do a podcast, like come up, you know, propose an idea, be like, hey, this is what I'd like to do, and 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 uh, and hit up Ryan at uh, IndianCowboy.com because you know we definitely need this. We need. I want to hear all. All of your stories, I want to hear everybody mm-hmm. doing crazy stuff, you yeah, know I want to just... hear about
2: everybody's interests, yeah, you know like when when we first started this, I was like we you know we're the only ones we're the only ones who are this nerdy about fucking science fiction yeah. and we're the only you know, but I've met so many people who have been listening to the podcast, who are into it, who want to be on
1: the show it's fucking awesome yeah like it's so much fun there's there's more of us than, than you'd think i mean mm. if your thing is like is like deconstructing old hank williams tunes while like singing them i i, mean, would, love I would so be be i would listen that. to that over like, we're and from over fucking alberta you yeah. know that
2: we'd be into that get
1: us a hank williams podcast out there just do it yeah i love you okay anyway uh wow loving the hank williams okay All right, so perhaps we should introduce the incredible show. Oh, yes. Okay. That we've saved up. We've
2: been saving. Mm. Um, So I just want to say uh, this is a very special episode for me personally. Uh, We decided to do this because Indian Cowboy is launching. Um, We're watching my all-time favorite science fiction star trek the original series she's literally vibrating in their chair right now if you could see this she's just like it's, yeah so it's kirk spock mccoy the classic the ultimate capital s capital t star trek we are watching season three episode three the infamous the paradise syndrome where trapped on a planet whose inhabitants resemble american indians Kirk loses his memory and is proclaimed a god. So just let that sink in. Like, let's have a moment where you can sink in. Captain Kirk, William Shatner himself, falls from the sky, essentially, to this planet full of Indians and is proclaimed a god.
1: Oh, and in honor of him, I was gonna do the wine thing in the whole oh, like right. in the whole. Wait, why don't Captain we Kirk why don't we voice, read the but... thing?
2: Why don't we read reread the thing in the Kirk voice? Okay, okay, okay. okay I'll, I'll give I'll give him my best shot. You do it. You okay. do it. trapped on a planet whose inhabitants resemble American Indians, Kirk loses his memory and is proclaimed a god. A god! A god! <laughs> and I mean, for Star Trek fans, William Shatner. Might actually be something of a god. a god for us, uh, things, things played out a little a little bit differently.
1: Um, I, I hated him I, I, I was hoping he was going to die in the stoning but okay we'll get there. Well, we'll get there, we'll get there. you know what? Cheers, cheers We made it through the wilderness. oh man, and so did he. you know we took these blows for you. <laughs>
3: <I'm
1: telling> you. <laughs> we are
2: here for you and I just can I just preface this by saying as somebody who is a rampant Star Trek fan, this is not indicative of all of the episodes.
1: You know um, what? I didn't know. I, I just realized today that there are only three seasons. I mean, I I sat through... And like, a couple seasons of the original series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the animated series. The I animated series, but yeah. okay. Which is but, great. But I sat through like, what, eight seasons of Supernatural? I, you know, I could easily watch all of this again. I, for some reason, just like growing up in the time when these, these shows were, you know, like already being rerun, but you know, were everywhere. everywhere. I, I thought that there were like a bazillion of them. I thought that this was like a... 25 year run uh (laughs) you know it's how you exaggerate things from your childhood but no three seasons so uh Uh, three glorious yeah glorious seasons so go and watch it all because like that's what i'm planning on doing yeah um so
2: i guess a little bit of background on this i guess full disclosure for me is i actually wrote a paper for university about this which i apologize that's pretty
1: nerdy man
2: yeah um So I, I know a little bit of background about this episode. Uh, so basically like things to know it's in season three, season three, their budget got massively slashed. It was already, they were operating on basically nothing. So all of the really good writers were jumping ship real fast, jumping starship. (laughs) Uh, so the writing just gets terrible. There are a few standout episodes in season three, but not a lot. Don't start there. Don't start with paradise Mm. syndrome. Um, and this episode barely made it past the censors. Yeah. And there's reasons for that that we'll go into. Uh but we'll we'll maybe let's just let's just get into let's it. Let's just get into it. Yeah, and it starts with our favorite instrument, the flute. The flute. 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 This episode is also interesting because they had to do the entire indigenous thing without any animals. Like without referring to animals, no spirit
1: animals, oh, no yeah. one with nature type there of was animals. No bear there was no bear whoa yeah even comic-con had bears yeah bears were bears have been in every episode but we're mm. bringing them in no matter what there will always be bears in matey space i'm just i'm making a pledge right now yep spirit of the bear in the house right now while we're discussing the lack of bears in this episode yep cops don't know bears we love you Musqua. <laughs>
2: Anyway, yeah, that was, that was a bit of a metis space inside joke. That's You've right. You've been with us since the beginning. We have inside jokes now. Boom. Episode six. Inside <laughs> jokes. <laughs> okay. uh, so, yeah, so it starts with our favorite instrument, the flute. Mm. Uh, and if there's one thing that we've learned that points towards indigeneity, it's a flute. It's flutes. So it opens with Kirk, Spock, McCoy, the trio, um, beaming down to this mysterious flute-filled planet that mm-hmm. has incredible wonderful nature and they're all marveling at its beauty pristine and untouchedness yes
1: um so as they're after they're marveling about this they come across a obelisk this incredible monument that is clearly too advanced uh, for the people that they know to be living in uh, in the planet, mm-hmm. um, we find out very quickly that uh, they have you know about thirty minutes to check out the planet, you know, get their jollies, whatever, before they have to beam back to the Enterprise and then go intercept an asteroid that is hurtling towards the planet and is going to obliterate it. So you know they're basically there to save this beautiful, beautiful planet, and they have a little bit of time to do it. Yeah, and so the, but they you know it's so wonderful, and Kirk
2: especially. You know, he's like stroking the pine tree mm-hmm. being like, wow, isn't this beautiful? I wish I wasn't a starship captain because sometimes I get stressed out, but this planet is very relaxing Dear and it. I wish I could stay here. So we have 30 minutes before it's too late to destroy this asteroid that's going to come and obliterate this planet. And he's stroking but the let's, pine. But let's tour around. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's go on a bit of a tour.
1: Yeah. And then what do we see? Well, across the pristine water, there are teepees and wigwams that's right all together
2: but don't worry because it's a mixture spock tells us that it is a mixture of navajo mohican and delaware who are all among the more advanced and peaceful tribes did you hear that navajo i love your teepees delaware, yeah
1: navajo and and your advanced uh ness. your advancedness and yeah and hey mohicans great wigwams great wigwams hey. liking the wigwams yeah so that was interesting especially because spock's the like alien yeah how does he know specifically the ethnic mi- mixture and i you yeah. know I'm, I'm interested you know in in the background of this like why those three you know why those mm. three tribes but whatever yeah. you know like maybe, I don't because, know. maybe
2: because their names they thought their names might be like recognizable recognizable but not like quote unquote as cliched as like the cherokee maybe mm, yeah something? maybe because
1: i mean this was like this was Sixty-six or something. Sixty. I want sixty-nine. Okay, maybe. Anyway, yeah late sixties. So I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Like what was in at the time. Like what what uh, what names would have been familiar to people at that time. But mm. yeah, this that was interesting. Spock knows, but because I have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, so Kirk immediately. So once he finds out the mixture of uh, of people that are there, he's he's really looking for the more evolved people who could have built the monument. Um, you know, cause it obviously couldn't have been this mixture of Navajo, Mohican, and Delaware. They're not nearly as evolved enough. Right. They're evolved, but not evolved enough. No, they're, they're like the, I don't know. I don't even the know.
2: The macaque monkeys, the, the <laughs> orangutans of the, I don't even know. That's go. probably a bad analogy.
1: That, well, but they probably would have used it. So, so That's true. Kirk is like, uh, should we not? warn these people about the asteroid, asteroid, the asteroid hurtling towards them and spock's like no they're too primitive to understand we would only confuse and frighten them which is okay so that's when i started hating it i mean i I was i was like willing to like overlook everything up to that point no i wasn't it was awful from second one There, there
2: is literally nothing redeemable about this episode it's
1: it's every every terrible stereotype you know it's it's like aliens built all of this stuff because indigenous people simply did not have the technology the intelligence the wherewithal to do it right it's, we've it's, heard that before oh it's just so every <laughs> it's so prevalent right what you mean there's amazing you know uh ruins I, uh, uh you know everywhere in the americas aliens obviously built those <laughs> you know i mean no. who else but i
2: mean Could that's that's an, that's another interesting them. thing that we haven't seen before but i think we're going to see again Is that science fiction actually creates environments where aliens have built those things. Yeah. You know, it's just like white people just like building these like racist fantasies for themselves and then fulfilling them through science fiction. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, our appearance here would only conserve to confuse and frighten them. And if you know anything about Star Trek, you know that their number one rule, the number one rule of the Federation of Planets is... The Prime Directive, which is you cannot at all interfere with other cultures. Mm-hmm. So the idea that they're going to stop this asteroid is already in violation of the Prime Directive. Yeah, they totally don't address that. They don't even. Yeah. They don't even a little bit, just, and they yeah. just they run ramshod over the basically their entire like the main foundation of their society mm-hmm. of like the Star Trek society in this episode. But I think that they the only reason they do it is because they're Indigenous. Like, S- Star Trek generally is known for always ignoring the Prime Directive, but they don't even, you know, there's not even any qualms about doing it here. Nobody questions it, nobody even brings it up. And I feel like, in a lot of ways, that's because Indigenous people occupy a completely
1: different space in, like, society's consciousness. So it's like, it's, it's okay to violate the Prime Directive in this situation but in other situations there would be a dialogue about it because it would be you know there there would be like pros and cons but here it's just clearly no we yeah
2: yeah. and i and i honestly think it's because indigenous people are not really people yeah and i think the justification that they use in this episode is that the indigenous people on this planet aren't actually indigenous to this planet they were brought here you Mm -hmm. don't learn about that later but until later yeah yeah. um
1: but although i like because i haven't seen this since i was a kid so i didn't remember this episode at all but i i had figured that out already that you know they're talking about well aliens must have built this monument uh and and then you have this like the the remnants of this uh of these people and at first when spock was saying oh they're really advanced tribes i was like oh cool they were so advanced that they went to space but then I'm like, eh, that doesn't really fit. There's and then a, no. when they when they talked about, no, they're too primitive to understand. I'm like, oh, if they're too primitive to understand an asteroid, they're too primitive to have gone to space. Thus, clearly, aliens put them on the planet. <sighs> yep. Yeah. So that that's the pre- like that's
2: the entire premise
3: yeah.
2: of the episode, and it only gets better from here, mm-hmm. folks.
1: So being a modern man is stressful.
2: It's rough, you know. Like I I get it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you got to think about You're, commanding a starship, right? in places,
1: making command decisions, yeah. Putting Being on p- clothes that have no obvious openings so your Indian maiden can take it off, yeah. Like right.
2: wearing a lot of flood pants, yeah.
1: Rough. That's, that's tough, man.
2: Uh, so yeah, so Kirk's really Tahiti syndrome. He's he wants to stay, so he decides he's going to take you know the fifteen minutes or whatever that's remaining to him and go exploring. Because as a white man, if there's one thing that white men like Ooh. to do when they come on to indigenous territories, it's going explorin'. Yep. So explore, he does. And he goes and explores the obelisk and falls into it. A hole opens up <laughs> b- like below his and feet. And sucks him down into the underworld. Yeah. And so he, you know, he falls into this obelisk. He gets up. There's all sorts of technology in, in the obelisk, like, obviously way too advanced for eep, boop, any eep, sort boop, of indigenous people. Eep, boop, yes. Eep, the, the classic, yeah. classic 60s. Yeah. And he goes and he, I think he, like, presses a button or he says a word or something yeah. and lightning comes and strikes him in the brain. <laughs> the lightning <laughs> yeah. just shoots out, like, <laughs> gets him right in the brain and he passes out. And meanwhile, McCoy and Spock are all, what happened to Jim? Yeah,
1: no idea where he could have gone. They were like five steps away from the monument or something. Turn around, he's gone. Gosh, I wonder where he went. Let's have a search. Yeah. But of course, they don't have time for a search
2: because the asteroid approaches the planet of the innocent natives. So they have to leave.
1: Yeah, they have to go deflect the asteroid now. That whole scene was like... I always love it when Spock explains science to McCoy. Because it's like... Because it's like he's explains the science to me. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> McCoy's, like, a medical doctor, right? That's true. He understands some science, but Spock speaks to him like he's, like... <laughs> you know, seven year old me watching Star Trek, right? He's like, here's the asteroid and it's coming towards you. Ooh, watch <laughs> out the asteroid's coming towards you. Oh, here it comes. It's it, it was great. I love it. Bang! That. We need to leave
2: now because otherwise, bang <laughs> like <this. laughs> Yay, Spock. It's, it's really good. So but it does like it creates this kind of tension. You know, and that's a classic, like, Spock and McCoy tension, oh, you know, where, yeah. like, one's berating the other, and then the other one's just making kind of these sarcastic comments at him that are kind of insulting. Really good, really good, <laughs> but ultimately, like, they both agree that they need to leave Kirk behind wherever he may be right. in this vast, pristine wilderness for, for the greater good of saving the Indians. The white guys need to get back into space to save the Indians.
1: So then Kirk is, uh, he wakes up in the obelisk. He's all woozy, all amnesia-y, uh, and, and just full of internal dialogue, which you are subjected to. Who am I? And then he, like, he, he like, falls out of the obelisk again. Just Somehow. Like, yeah, he must have intoned the right vowels and consonants. <laughs> anyway. And then maidens appear indian maidens appear with the beautiful hair and the headbands and the buckskin the fringe, and the mini dresses the total mini Fringed dresses buckskin mini dresses oh yeah
2: also i just want to go back about the the memory loss thing oh, yeah. so okay so kirk gets struck by lightning in the brain which makes him lose his memory <laughs> mostly he mm-hmm. can kind of remember like vague flashes of whatever so he knows he's from the sky <laughs> he knows that the first letter of his name is a k you know shit like that but he essentially becomes this blank slate yeah and he becomes a blank slate i think for every white man who watches this show to oh, project yeah. his desires on and of course the first thing that he sees when he gets out of this obelisk very phallic ps is <laughs> these indian hotties right totally. these indian princesses literally an indian princess yeah yeah and literally her, like, yeah sexy handmaiden right. and they immediately bow down to him and put their hands on their faces like i can't even look at you you're I so know. beautiful
1: but then she peeks from between her her fingers her her shivering fingers and she of course being an indian maiden is overcome with her carnal desires and approaches him and touches him caresses him and wow look at that they speak the same language english Woo! because the navajo mohican in delaware as the more advanced tribes obviously learned their English
2: spoke some English yeah so uh not only you know they're bowing down and the reason they're bowing down and peeking through their fingers and you know they're if you haven't figured it out many just dress fringes all shaken with Mm -hmm. desire and fear and awe is because Kirk has come out of the obelisk and so must obviously be a god duh a white god obviously Uh, So Miramani immediately... Sorry, Miramani's this Indian princess. Miramani immediately is just super subservient. Mm -hmm. How how may I serve you? We are your people and we have been waiting for you to come to us. They're not exactly speaking Tonto speak, but it's this kind of like very stilted,
1: formalized English. And this is every white guy's dream. Let's just not even lie about that. It just is, right? Yeah. It's like, ooh look at these native hotties and they they see me as a God because clearly I am, you know, like, Ooh, it, it, yeah. oh, I and, and I don't even, I don't even remember
2: who I am, but I have all of these like exotic women around me to tell me how great I am. And I probably had responsibilities, but I can't remember them. Yeah. So all I need to do is fulfill my responsibilities here, which aren't actually any responsibilities at all. I just get to have
1: fun and be happy. I just get to be a God. It's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, and then we, we Flashback to the ship where Scotty being super stressed out over the 2014 Scottish independence vote that did not go his way. Sorry, Scotty. Right. Oh, man. Brutal, brutal, brutal. He's still feeling really, really, really bitter about that. Uh, you know, he's being asked to do all these, like, impossible things, as always, with the with the ship's mechanics, right? Yeah. And he's like, dude, I'm just remembering this awful vote and it went poorly and you want me to like do this stuff to the ship so we can blow up this asteroid. Don't you have any care for my feelings whatsoever? Yeah. Don't you? We're still part of future Britain, guys. Yeah. I I need a bit of a break. I need a break to just like celebrate my own scottish independence i just want to be independent for a little while you know what stop telling me to like freaking boost the power can you just give me some scottish independence like these dilithium crystals are cracking
2: my heart is cracking yeah rough scotty rough but i mean okay here's the thing this is what happens whenever spock gets in command of the enterprise is he immediately there's a shit ton of tension yes you know it's this cultural racial difference puts everybody on edge because spock makes decisions that people don't like mm-hmm. every episode where Kirk's in command he asks these impossible things Scotty manages to pull it together
1: yeah 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 but when
2: Spock's in charge all of yeah. a sudden it's like wee 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 yeah all of a sudden it's like the dilithium crystals are failing everything's smoking yeah but my really babies my baby, really it's my heart. my wee bairns my bairns my bairns <laughs> oh no uh anyway so yeah so basically you you start you start learning that you know the ship is the ship is stressed yeah Scotty's stressed the ship is stressed Spock's not stressed because he doesn't have emotions. Right. Uh, so they go back into the wigwam. In the wigwam, there are the the the
1: Indian you know royalty or whatever it is. The tribal elder. Yes. And the medicine chief with an obelisk headband. There, there's some serious fashion in here, and none of it's good. Yeah, it's 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 obviously they just went into whatever costume place that they could. I mean, you got some you got some pretty cool like sort of plains beaded medallions um you you have a real mishmash of buckskin and, and weird beading like there's some like geometric like plain style stuff um but then there's like i i don't it, it's a mess it really is it's, there's it's like a something that disaster s- is sort of an eagle staff but not really like they just and and there's a woven did you notice that uh kirk later when he gets into the native wear yeah he, he has like a little mini woven like belt it's like it looks like it it's supposed to be reminiscent right. of the like
2: the like classic uh, like bois brule like yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever but it just what I don't know I don't I even know where that was from um so the fashion the fashion is bad the like the aesthetic so bad. the aesthetic I'm just gonna rate the aesthetic now and give it zero out of five shitty headbands yeah. also everybody's wearing a headband because everybody's wearing a very cheap wig yeah. so yeah. the headband has the kind of dual purpose of looking native. And holding everybody's shitty wig on.
1: Plus, they're all like, you know, they're all wearing like uh, makeup to make them really like brown. But the makeup sort of like comes off of the color, so whoever yep. had to clean the buckskin after must have been so pissed because it was just covered with like brown paint. Yeah, and it's know? like, yeah, and like if they if
2: they're if the scene is particularly active, if they're yeah. moving around a lot, you kind of see some of the paint kind of wear off around the hairline yeah. and like around the crow's feet by side the eyes yeah, and, yeah, shit. Yeah. and you're like
1: whoa and you know that uh my 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 uh my youngest was uh she, she jingled dances right and we were at uh, mcgill powwow which is like basically just sort of a a demonstration powwow little mini powwow there and uh and it was surprisingly dry it's usually always like really muddy and gross and she was dancing or whatever and, and then she was like scuffing around in her moccasins i'm like dude stop scuffing around in your moccasins and she's like Meh, you know little kid like Meh, I don't have to and I'm like well look you know how are you gonna clean your moccasins if you scuff around she's like w- uh, wash them and I'm like you don't wash leather you know what you gotta do you gotta chew it you gotta chew that stuff out you gotta chew the dirt out and spit it out it's like tea in your mouth like just you gotta do that until they're clean, and she looked at me with such horror in her face. She's like, "Don't make me do that, mom." But I'm telling you that whoever did these costumes should have said the same damn thing to the freaking actors. Yo, like, you get that face stuff on my buckskin, you chew it off and you spit it out, and that should have been a legit thing. Just I mean, so. maybe,
2: maybe it was. Maybe you know, this isn't the kind of thing that you hear. This hmm. isn't the kind of trivia that you hear about, but. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to imagine that that's the case, because it gives me a lot of satisfaction for all of these, like, fucking red
1: face actors yeah. doing the thing, and then at the end and of the chewing day... Chewing out their face paint from the buckskin actor. Yeah. Just tasting, tasting what Taste they did. it. yeah. <laughs> Bring it into yourself. Embody it. Fuck you. Anyway.
2: Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So, Salish, who becomes, okay, of course... His name... Is yes. Salish. His name is Salish. That's salient to basically everything we're this talking about. This is
1: the about. this is the medicine chief.
2: Yeah, right. he's the he's the medicine chief, and he obviously he's immediately set up as the the bad Indian. Yeah, he the bad Indian. He is the aggressive Native man mm. who is going to inevitably, you know, try to pitch himself against the civilized white man. We're not there yet, but he, Salish. Medicine chief demands that Kirk prove that he's a god. You know, he, he is the detractor. He's the skeptic. And, um, you know, the, the main chief, the, the elder, per, you know, talks about how, you know, the legends predict the danger and the the wise ones who put them here will send a hero or a god or whoever to to, you know, help save the planet. You know, and Kirk helpfully pipes up, well, I don't know where I came from, but I know I came from the sky. So great.
1: Thanks, Kirk. So a boy is brought in who had an accident. He got tangled up in uh, nets and, uh, and drowned basically. Uh, And Kirk uses his mystical, godly CPR as the native Americans look on in confusion. And then, awe. only gods can breathe, breathe life into the dead. Says the tribal elder to the medicine chief. Do you doubt him now? And then, tribal elders like all right you're not the medicine chief anymore yo yeah give and, him the medicine badge yeah that thing that you're wearing on your head it, it, and it was pretty cool uh Love yeah it. medicine chief well i would totally wear that thing it was cool okay you know what yeah yeah uh turns it over at his medicine badge and there's like i i, I have written in my notes hiawatha music Cause there was like <laughs> hey, yo, yo, yo. like there was just this cheesy <laughs> yeah. you know like
2: oh it's just so bad. and it's significant because like Miramani, like she's real stoic at this part. She walks over and she lifts the headband off of Salish's head. And is like, sorry, bro. Such. shame. Sorry. Yeah. And then takes it over to Kirk. And then, you know, it's all like, Oh, I love you. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like this medicine headband thing
1: is like her heart. And she's like, Oh, taking it to another man. This guy who knows CPR is so hot. And then like later on, uh, medicine chief confronts her, uh, I I call her here at this point because we didn't know who she was yet. Specifically called her maiden who is attending the God, but she is Mm. actually the tribal priestess and the daughter of the chief. And by tradition, she is promised to the medicine chief. So, uh, they were going to get married and, uh, he's like, well, get ready for the, for the ritual, uh, get your ritual cloak together or whatever. And she's like, there will be no ritual. Now there will be no, you know, marriage, but you're promised to me. He says, and uh and she's like yo dude tradition 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 and then but he, he that's not good enough because even though he was the medicine chief he still he balks and he says if you could choose would you choose me um and her eyes and trembling lips say yes but she speaks nothing and turns away from him do you think i cuz i, oh, cause I totally. kind of felt like like she was kind of like no nah, bro okay no but she was would she, you choose me she's
2: like you know what? Now this white guy came.
1: Came No, along. no, no. I, I think this white guy. The way he speaks is so seductive. No, I, I, think she was. I think she was looking forward to a little strange, but she was also kind of like, yeah, I actually do love you, but she's also like, but you know, now you know what can I do? I just gotta go, and and I really love you, but I, I get to, I, mm, you know, like. Yeah, I, you I, know, I, 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 I like
2: that interpretation because I think it really, really plays into the trope of like the overly sexualized. Yeah. Exotic indigenous woman. Yeah. She, which she like like can we just say first of all, like oh, yeah. she's not an indigenous actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miramani and Salish are deafs not indigenous. Um, maybe maybe the elder is
1: Yeah, the the elder maybe uh likes a little bit, but but like the, could, for all we know, he could be just an Italian guy. Right. Yeah. Like it's it the, the the um the skin darkening is intense. Yeah. Uh, but I mean they didn 't really have contacts at that time <laughs> you know, whatever anyway, uh, yeah it 's just clear yeah yeah
2: i it 's uh, it 's one of those things where like the only people who are potentially native have so few lines that there 's no way for them to bring anything to the script or the show yeah, yeah. to like make it any better yeah. like the the main like pseudo indigenous people are not even remotely, and so it 's like you know, there's there's just no there's no redeemable hope at all. Oh, it's just, so like you you watch it and you're you just know that it's just going to be bad from start to finish. Yeah, and it is. It and is. it is but um okay but so, also fucking hilarious yeah we just say like yeah. it really is like Mira rollingly running around in her bad wig and her buckskin mini dress yeah. being like oh, ho like i love you so much i love doing laundry oh sorry oh. salish i can't marry you because i got this other like hottie on
1: the side yeah and i think you could really like you could go back and analyze her whole thing like but uh, you know from a like just like from a white feminist perspective even and just be like what's going on there but just like in terms of indigenous feminism Just the whole thing is like, you know, her, her, um, her carnal appetites are, uh, you know, subject to tribal laws. Um, you know, she doesn't have choice, like this whole subjugation of women is, is just like this colonial fantasy and it really, really comes out here. Right. And it's, it's just, just grossed me out.
2: Yeah. It's, and it's an interesting thing too, because like Star Trek, at least, like the way that I read Star Trek is, it's this idea of this utopian future. Like Star Trek represents, you know, kind of this liberal humanist future where everything's going to be great if we just keep going along like this progressive, liberal line. Where we eventually reach the level of Star Trek where everybody you don't really have like, to separate in. Scotland.
1: Yeah, Scotland, you can stay there. It's cool because yeah, in the just, future, just assimilate. You're gonna you're gonna like run all of the starships. Yeah, like from. underneath them in in the mechanical room
2: yeah so it's it's this incredible fantasy you know like if we just if we just love one another and don't have any differences things will be fine and then episodes like this come along and all of a sudden you know there are indigenous people thrown into the mix and you know this fantasy falls apart this this utopia completely falls apart and you know star trek is known for being really really progressive in terms of race yeah you know you have um george as Sulu, uh, who's, like, a, a really badass, awesome character. You have Nichelle Nichols as a hurrah, who's incredible. You have the first interracial kiss on, like, a like a fictional television show or syndicated show or whatever it is. Like, you know, it's it breaks a lot of ground. But as soon as you return to indigeneity, it's like, I don't know if it's the white guilt that creates this mm-hmm. idea of this noble savage or what. But it just completely reverses. But it's funny. You know? It's fucking funny because this is right before red power. This is right before it's yeah, true right? Eh? This is yeah. right before all of this stuff is happening or, or like as it's beginning, yeah, it's you know as the ball time. is getting rolling with all of this and this is where we're at. and so it's it's a really good peek into the past yeah and it's also just it's fucking funny it is because ridiculous. this episode reverberates into all of the other series of star treks and they all try to make up for this episode yeah, i honestly
1: we're gonna deal with that we're going yeah we, yeah we will get there it's gonna not, be awesome
2: like not yeah. not to uh spoil things too much for y'all but like we're, we're gonna get there um anyway so uh, yeah back to it uh, if you could choose would you choose me she's like nah i got this new guy uh kirk meanwhile is inventing the lamp thanks kirk <laughs> uh invents a lamp miramani is you know totally hot in her mini dress uh please you know like check out your local costume shop as
1: halloween is coming up frick it's coming up too uh you could probably find this exact costume Um, i I hope it comes with like a complimentary punch in the face (laughs) Uh, i would punch in the face for anybody who buys it i mean i would be there I'll bring I'll, that service. If you, if you ask, uh, you know, I'm not going to do it against your will. I'm, I'm all about free prior and informed consent, but I, you know, I will go down to the costume shop and if you want to get a poker hottie outfit and you decide that in order to, to feel okay about wearing that, you should get a punch in the face. Then I will have a waiver there and I will gladly punch you in the face.
2: I mean, I'm going to take the Canadian government's version of free prior and informed consent and assume that if you buy that, you are already consenting to a punch in the face. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, man. I'm. That's no, cool. I'm. I'm getting. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting Harper. I'm going to be Harper on this. Right. Uh, yeah. So, oh my God. Oh, this is the best part. Yeah. This is my favorite part. So, Kirk invents the lamp. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> they're in the wigwam, and Miramani does she want to bathe him or something? She decides that he needs a bath. Right, she's trying to take his clothes off. So she's oh, trying but, to take but his clothes off. But
1: of course off. he denies, because he's a dirty white guy.
2: Right, right? yeah. So he's all, he's all like, nah, I need to be more dirty so I can <laughs> pass more diseases <laughs> on to y'all. And she's like, no, no, you need to take a bath. Like, but how do I get your clothes off? There are no lacings. How is this thing removed? <laughs> trying to take a shirt off. Yeah. Trying to undress. Her. He, she literally can't. She wants to get him naked. She can't figure it out. <laughs> like, we need Miramani. We should have a talk. Yeah. Like, your your mini dress doesn't have any lacings. Right. You somehow get that thing how off. How do you get it off? How do you, yeah. So, like, it's, it's literally, she exists as this servant to the white god, and she has so little intelligence or will of her own, she can't even figure out how to take his clothes off. It's outrageous. More Indian babes come in
1: oh yeah no okay so what i've got mm. here is he's asking uh about the wise ones right right and and so uh he says what the, tell me about the wise ones and she's like well they they brought us here they they taught the medicine chief uh how to use the temple um and yeah so more babes come in the tribal elder comes in uh i have nice medallion vaguely eagle staff and tribal elders like uh, staff. choose a name and and uh right. and, and kirk's like kirk Kur, and the tribal <laughs> elder is like, Karak, is that your name? And he's like, Yes, I am Karak. Um, and and, 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 and <laughs> this is
2: the point. This is the point where he becomes indigenous. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's right because like up until this point, he's been wearing his uniform. Yep. He, you know, in his like in his blates, blank slate self, he's still a white person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he takes on this Indian name.
1: Right, he's got an Indian name now. Right, yeah. as soon as we give Indian names to our Muniwau like every every episode, we have Ask Mooney out right. As soon as we do that, like before our eyes, they transform two braids, stoic face, you know, bannock butt. It happens before <laughs> our eyes. Yeah. Um. And, and what I what I realized later is that Kurok is is uh, is an amalgamation of Kirk and Spock. Whoa. Yeah. I was like, it was so obvious at the end, Yo, right? When they Somebody's were doing the mind melt, write some
2: fan fiction about this, right?
1: Kurok. Croc,
2: croc, you know, it's like, <laughs>
1: whoa, what is this?
2: So yeah, yeah. So he takes on this new identity. And like up to this point, he's been very, you know, like he doesn't want to take a bath. He doesn't want Mary Mountie taking his clothes off. He doesn't know who he is. He's maybe or maybe not a god. He's, he's very ambivalent about this whole thing. But he gets this Indian name and he says, all I can tell you is that I'm happy and peaceful here. I've never felt this way before. Yeah. Right, he's he's moving into it. He's moving in like Tahiti syndrome. He is like stage three. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> ring the alarm. Yeah, and he's like, I just you know, I just I've uh, never felt this way before. And Mirmani says here there is much time for everything. Oh
1: yeah, wiggle wiggle of the eyebrows. Let's get hey, let's little. get jiggy, baby. Yeah, yeah. of course because female like indigenous female sexuality is just always like burbling over you know yeah. and i say burbling because i mean like you know it's like a brook it's like nature you know it's not mm. like something cooking on a stove no it's nature it's burbling yeah. brooks it's, yeah yeah especially around those those white dudes it's it's oh, more man. like a geyser we can't e- <laughs> we can't even help ourselves yeah. apparently around these well i mean muniel who can't even take a bath yep um (laughs) and then but there was this interesting moment where uh she's talking about she she says to him like uh our you know our ritual cloak is finished we can get married uh but if there's another i will step aside right she's saying to him like if you have some other buddy some other honey i you know we don't have to get married and he's like no no no." and 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 she's like but god's wish is above tribal law you know I, i i feel like here she was sort of like trying to make her wishes known that maybe she didn't actually want to marry him uh, but he, as the clueless god, wanted to claim his spoils and was like, no, 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 I want you more than anything. And and I honestly, this is like where I said before that I feel like her lips and her eyes said yes to, to Salish, right? I think that part of her wanted to not marry him, but, but then, you know, it was up to him to say yes or no. She had no agency here, right? I mean, I, I respect her opinion. I feel <laughs> like that's a bit generous
2: um, because that almost makes this kind of redeemable. Like, that assumes that she has you know like she, at least she has like an internal opinion about things and like internal agency and is a human being and i honestly just don't think she makes it to that point
1: i don't think it actually makes it better i don't think it redeems it at all mm. in fact i think it makes it worse because she sort of like half-heartedly um asserts her 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 desires and it's very like you know but it's all up to you way and when he says no you're mine after that from that point on um, she never displays any sort of affection for Salish whatsoever and is totally consumed by him it's like like he, she she put the choice out there you can choose me or you can like or or you can do whatever you want, and whatever you choose is what i 'm going to wholly devote my life to in fact it it bothers me more because after that she was totally his in yeah. every way and had no thoughts of her own until then you know there was little hints of it, but that 's it once he the God, the white man made the decision. That was it. the The choice was taken out of her hands.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And see, like,
2: I still, I don't, I don't know if I would even go that far, but like that brings up really interesting points about, you know, like white male fantasies about indigenous women taming the indigenous woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you you come into indigenous woman's life as a white dude, and you just bowl her over and you tame her. She's a wild animal. You know she has all these thoughts and feelings of her own but once you've tamed her she's all yours yeah
1: you know isn't that that little like, yeah no that's Oof. that's that's how it felt to me and that's what bugged me
2: yeah so um kirk uh did we want to talk about what's going on in the ship at this time because I, uh, I just, just kind of no, skipped it yeah uh so you it's know good there's good. a flash to the yeah. ship the ship's fucked it's fine uh kirk wakes up in the wigwam full indian At, up to yeah. this point he's been wearing his uniform but he's gotten his indian name now and he's in an outfit that can
1: only be described as awful i don't know like buckskin and like some weird design Sorry, was that even beating or was it like no it was like or kind something. of like a
2: yeah applique or yeah, like was, some like kind of it wasn't bad even,
1: looking embroidery it wasn't even as good as some of the other guys' outfits but like yeah. whatever uh, whatever
2: yeah it was just it was it was a real and the sash thing real just, fringy like a bad white sash it was oof.
1: but he's full Indian but now he's full Indian oh and the face paint right he gets face right. paint yeah yeah
2: because it's his it's his wedding day it's the right. day of the ritual the ritual cloak is finished the and elder he hugs, paints his
1: face he hugs himself he hugs himself in joy.
2: yeah and he says oh my god I wrote it down no i didn't he he just says i'm so happy doesn't he yeah he says that a few times and he uh, like has arms fly
1: wide open and then they come back in to hug himself he hugs himself in joy. like do it right now just do it i swear to god like hug yourself and just be like i'm so happy
2: yeah like put your mouth wide open in a giant (laughs) smile you will not be as happy as kirk was at that moment
1: but like have you ever done that like, you know, I, I've been pretty happy. I've eaten some donuts that have made me so happy that I thought I was going to die. Like, in happiness. And I didn't hug myself. Like, that was a weird thing to do. You well, know? Yeah, it's Whatever. it's
2: pretty bizarre. But, I mean, you know, like, let's be real. Like, pretend you're a white dude. And then okay. you you wake up full Indian. Okay. Like, honestly. No, you're right.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm hugging myself right now. Yeah, like you're, a... you're hugging yourself I'm just even so thinking happy! about it. <laughs> um... <laughs> So he's got the face paint, okay, whatever. Um I, I, I assume that they got married. Uh oh yeah, there was this point where he was wearing this feathered cloak. He's wearing a feather cloak. Where? Like it was a nice feather cloak-ish, but like that's not like where did that what? Huh? Yeah. What's next? Like freaking form line, like cedar carved masks? Like like why don't we mix it up some more and put the gestoa on him? Like feathered cloak? That came out of nowhere. That came out of nowhere? It was, it was glaringly culturally
2: inappropriate. Yeah, it was Especially really... because you've never seen any animals. Yeah, I, I, At all. These people apparently eat just fruit. I don't know. And,
1: there are no... Anyway. Okay,
2: that's, like it was like gagging no... no yeah, zero. it was, it was bizarre. But,
1: then the scuffle with the medicine chief. Yes. Like the disgraced medicine chief.
2: Yes. Um, this, okay, this is a really interesting fight. hmm for a lot of ways, because one like we talked about this when we watched Quantum Leap, mm-hmm. where Sam slash George fights himself, right? When he fights a white guy, yeah, 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 And I really feel like Kirk is fighting himself when he fights Salish. Yeah, Salish is, you know, he's gone mad with jealousy and right. he needs to get Miramani back, so he decided he's going to kill the white god.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, he manages to cut him a little bit with his knife, and Kirk's bleeding. Behold the god who bleeds. Yes. And, you know, an a incredible Star Trek fight ensues. If you watch Star Trek, you know how truly cheesy the fights can be. You know, so Kirk's, you know, flinging himself around trees to kick <laughs> Salish in the chest. And, you know, they're tussling in the, in the dirt and stuff. And it's very much about Kirk. Is he going to remain a civilized white man inside? Or is he going to go full native and kill him? Right. With his own knife. Right? Mm-hmm. Is he, like, how is he going to show his superiority? And ultimately, of course... He doesn't kill Salish. No, he just, of course not. He just embarrasses him. He's too civilized to even kill him, even though Salish basically begs him to stab him. Yeah, you know,
1: just kill me, just just do it. You've taken everything else, you bastard. Yeah, and he won't even do that. No, like God, what an asshole. Ugh.
2: So meanwhile, Spock hasn't slept for sixty days. Oh yeah,
1: there's so much there's so much bromance going on with him and and McCoy. Oh, yeah. it's it's that total like
2: that uh, that they're friendship fighting yeah you know? they're
1: friendship fighting all the time yeah they're,
2: they're friendship fighting they're yeah. frenemies and um
1: yeah that's my favorite thing about star trek i oh, gotta be totally. honest like, just there totally and 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 i gotta say you may disagree but i think one thing that the the you know the reboot uh movies have done was i i think they managed that relationship a bit you know their their whole i mean never to the extent never yeah, late, I, would, you know? I would say there wasn't enough mccoy in it no,
2: that's true. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I won't go into this because it was there. Okay. way too nerdy. Um, yeah.
1: So wait, wait, wait. It... I got a Molly quote. Oh. Okay, so um, they she's talking about. Uh, so Kirk has the big sideburns, right? This is another uh yeah, he visual image of his sideburns. Yeah, sideburns? weird. Eh? Because like I like if in case you haven't noticed,
2: all all of the people who can grow sideburns in Star Trek have these pointed sideburns at yeah. this really particular angle and it's known as the star trek sideburns yeah. but kirk sideburns grow out yeah while he's on the indigenous as he planet. becomes more indian right yeah
1: um, and he's having these dreams, uh these dreams of the lodge that moves through the sky. Uh <laughs> blah blah blah. But anyway, uh his 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 woman wants to make him happy and she throws out the cradle board, like, check it out, yo I'm preggers Also, and... yo, that cradle board was shit. Yeah, that cradle board was it just was shit looking. No, I would never put my kid in that cradle board. No, no, that was terrible. It was if... like it was like freaking made out of like it was like origami, like macrame like it was just bad. It was yeah just it was bad. just it was like it looked like it was made out of like shoelaces and construction paper. <laughs> (laughs) Do not put your kid in that. Molly was like, oh look, it's gonna be the first Metis on the planet. Yeah. Yep. Like to that. Almost. Almost. Right. Almost. Why not? Why almost? What are you talking about?
2: I I don't know. We'll we'll have to we'll have to move on. Keep watching.
1: Oh man, we're like in an hour. We're gonna speed through this. Okay, Okay. yeah, we're gonna speed through this. Okay. I bear your child
2: miscegenation alert.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh so that's happening. Métis, you know, on the horizon in the womb there. Kirk meanwhile invents irrigation. Uh, he teaches he teaches the Indian peoples the word preserve because they did not know how to preserve food uh, up until that point.
1: <laughs> we don't try meat. What are you talking about? We don't pound berries. Nah, we don't do any of that. No,
2: why why would we ever why would we ever have to preserve any food? Uh, it's, it's surreal. So anyway, so he teaches Miramani the word preserve. They start making out but they're interrupted by the storm because the enterprise of course has not managed to destroy this asteroid the asteroid is still coming and the asteroid is now close enough that it's affecting the weather so kirk's godhood is just crumbling around him because he can't stop this his whole his whole basis for godhood was that he could stop the sky from darkening yeah but of course he has no fucking clue how
1: yeah so uh, they tell him, "Hurry up and go to the obelisk! You have to stop this." He's like, "I don't know what I'm doing." Let's go to the caves. They're like, "No, we can't go to the caves." So he goes there and he just starts flailing around, trying to. He's shouting at it, you know. And, oh, and the I medicine am chief... Karak! Yeah, yeah, he's shouting, "I am Karak! And the medicine chief is like all like watching him from the bushes and just like ha ha ha. I knew you couldn't do it because his the the medicine the medicine chief father. Was supposed to teach him the secrets, but he held on to the secrets and died before he could pass along the essential information to save the planet, because some people are are selfish. Um, and when indigenous people want to keep things s- secret, it's selfish when we don't tell you all about our culture and like explain to you how our ceremonies and work publicly so that you can learn about it. That's like selfish. And you know what else? Salish the medicine chief. He
2: he is literally laughing. That Kirk doesn't know how to save yeah. the planet. He's I mean, he you know Forget that
1: you're gonna die. Forget
2: that you like literally your entire planet is gonna be just blasted into pieces. Yeah. At least you got one up on this fake god. <laughs> 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 like right? it's it's That's outrageous That's how
1: petty we is. Yeah. Uh anyway, whatever. Okay, so he 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 doesn't figure it out. Uh and so the people come and start stoning him. Uh his his woman runs up there. She starts getting stoned. He stands in front of her and takes some more stones for the team. Yeah. Like sailors grabs her and is like, "What are you doing? Stay down here with us." And she's like, "I
2: belong to him." Yeah. And breaks free and then, you know, gets hit by some i guess they're rocks they're rocks they, they're, look, yeah. they kind of look the like Wars, rocks, I guess. Rocks. Yeah. they
1: fall over and spock and mccoy in total like violation of the prime directive just beam down at that moment rush over to them scare the crap out of the natives who run off and uh and yeah spock has figured out that the markings on the obelisk were some sort of uh musical notes and that certain tonal qualities would open up the obelisk and this is my favorite part kirk is like oh you mean, because he's, he's got his memory back after this mind meld, whatever, whatever. Yep. Um. And and he's like, oh, the right consonants and vowels will open it up. And so he's got to remember what he said. And he flips open his communicator. He's like, Kirk to Enterprise. And the thing <laughs> opens. Because, you know, in my language, Kirk to Enterprise are the most sacred vowels and consonants out there. In the language. Right.
2: And the, the funniest part, too at least for me, is Miramani's dying body is laying on the platform that covers the fucking entrance <laughs> to this obelisk. So it's literally just like Kirk to Enterprise. <laughs> Miramani's body and everybody's just
1: kind of like steps out of the way. with like, her, her <laughs> gravity defying breasts. Oh
2: wow. Yeah the Star Trek bra is really doing its <laughs> doing its job there. Um, so it's just it's yeah. just outrageous. So of course inevitably Kirk and Spock are back together uh so they you know they save the planet in thirty seconds
1: <laughs> and, uh, and and then and then the wife uh is is she going to survive no no obviously, she can't she can't survive a minor stoning <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that that was just it. We were like this can 't be a real indigenous woman right
1: she got a, she got hit by a few you know what you <laughs> got hit more than that in second grade like she dies from massive internal injuries uh, from a few rocks like when you're playing with your cousins you fucking do more damage than that but of course this means of course that there will be no matey baby yeah Take off. so there's
2: there's a couple reasons that this happened because originally this is nerd uh research Uh, originally the script called for miramani was going to survive with kirk's baby and they were both going to survive but of course that can't happen and that can't Mm -hmm. happen because a they can't show this white hero abandoning his half-breed baby Mm -hmm. and his indian mother or indian wife and number two apparently miscegenation anxiety was a huge deal people didn't want to have a little half breed baby running around. They didn't want their white hero to have a little half indigenous baby. So they killed her off instead. Yeah. Like, Whoa,
1: that's brutal. Eh? Right. Yeah.
2: But it's interesting because you see that happen a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, Like once
2: you know that that's a thing.
1: Yeah. 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 Like you
2: see it happen a lot. People do not want to think about mixed race, mixed race people God. or mixed race babies. So anyway, so Miramani, you know, she's God, she looks so good. It's like, yeah, and she gets the long shots when she's dying. You yeah, know, like, yeah. her's like, leaning over being like, I love you. You're my wife. And she's like, I'm going to bear you many strong sons. And her, like, one of her knees is all propped up. <laughs> right. And, like, you know, her, her whole, like, her skirt's hiked up. She's yeah. dying. Like, oh, God. And she so calls incredible. him
1: my chief. Yeah, my
2: chief. As she's dying. Yeah. So she dies. Uh, it's, it's really upsetting. I knew you would save them, my chief. I will bear you many strong sons. Like nah girl like you're you're on your way out yeah. uh she she dies, and the last shot in the show is the enterprise racing towards
1: a white future yeah
2: yeah the the indians yeah. are are safe in their ahistorical, historical never changing little world, none the worse for having the prime directed violated mm. on them like a trillion times, yeah. Uh, and you know, the, the fucking enterprise can just continue on its way and more adventures and you know, hippies will take over eventually and it'll be fine. Exactly.
1: So I think at this point, uh, it's really, really important that, uh, that we talk to a white guy. I, I think this episode more than any other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's time to... So, we would like to welcome from Victoria, BC, Tanner Tiberius Lloyd Windsor, who is the CEO of the Canadian Ethical Vegan Alliance. Thank you, uh, Tanner, for being here with us. So,
2: Tanner, we wanted to get your opinion, Um, and we have a question for you. What would your ideal native themed vacation look like?
4: My ideal native themed vacation. Well, you know, I've uh, I've done a lot of work uh for Native people in my life. Um, you know, I I recently uh opened a Native bookstore that features uh Native works by Native authors. I haven't actually met any yet, but uh I'm sure that, you know, once I have You know, shown them the need for them to show up and do their thing; that they will be more than happy to. uh...
1: Wait, do you have any books in the bookstore?
4: I have, I have several. Uh,
1: Can you give us some example? Like Like what?
4: Um, You know, I don't actually, I don't, I don't actually run the bookstore. I, uh, I have some grad students who do it for (laughs) me.
1: Okay, so uh, that. Okay, back to the topic of native-themed.
4: Vacation. Oh right! Oh right! Yes, native-themed vacation. Well, I, uh, from what I understand, um, they have such things uh, in the ecotourism thing, and I could go down to uh, to Madagascar or one of those beautiful places, and you know those ecologically friendly little huts and stuff, and I could hang out with the indigenous people. And I could, uh, you know
1: madagascar
4: yes i you know most people think that madagascar is populated by black people and it's not they are polynesian peoples apparently
2: interesting yes that's uh so your your ideal native themed vacation would be madagascar madagascar
1: while your grad students are running your native bookstore
4: that's it does sound ideal. You asked me for... It's right. vacation. We're we on did. vacation.
1: We did. Right? We, we did. are
4: relaxing, after all. No stress. Yes. Sure. Yes.
1: yes. Do you ever hug yourself and, and tell yourself, I'm so happy?
4: Oh, yes. All the time. Recently, right after I came out of that sweat house, sweat lodge. Sorry. You need to be offensive there. Yes. And it was only a mere $175. It was Excellent. I felt so good with myself. I understand why you guys also pay to do these things.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much, Tanner. Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, did you, by the way, we know that you, you are the CEO of the Canadian Ethical Vegan Alliance. Um, would you like to say anything on their behalf?
4: On their behalf, well, you know, I think it's very important that we respect. Our, our, our nature our natural environment and part of that of course is maintaining biodiversity and such things and we can't really like say that we are protecting animals if we go around eating them after all or stealing their vital bodily fluids
1: <laughs> do, do you support um, the uh, for example the Inuit seal hunt
4: of course not
1: uh, I
4: Thank you. I'm glad that you gave me the opportunity to discuss this.
1: Okay, thanks, thanks Tanner. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tanner, um, for your insight, your wisdom your generosity. And as always, uh after the Ask a Muneo segment, we like to gift our Muniao with a Indian name. Um and in this case please take it forward, to carry it with you with pride um and and uh with intelligence and, and joy. I mean hug yourself. Hug yourself and tell you tell yourself that you're so happy. Uh your Indian name is He Sweats Money. Oh all right so it's the time of the podcast where we rate the show that we watched um and uh this time we decided that we are going to rate it out of phallic alien obelisks with one phallic alien obelisk being just horrifically terrible would not watch again would recommend anybody avoid and five phallic alien obelisks being so incredibly awesome that you might actually found a religion in its name Ooh. So, uh, what do you think, Molly? Uh,
2: so, okay, this, it doesn't actually even remotely pay me to say this. I'm going to rate this one and a half phallic ab- alien obelis, bo- phallic alien obelis, 1.5 of those, the PAOs. PAOs, I Yeah, like yeah. 1.5 PAOs. The POWs. The POWs, yeah. Uh, and... Um, Honestly, the only reason that it's getting a 0.5 is because I think that it gives a really insightful view into white male fantasies concerning Indigenous life and Indigenous women. The entire show was just one horrifically bad stereotype after another. There were very few redeeming qualities at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But it did give a really, really entertaining look into exactly like... You know, like if, if you, you know, if you're a white man and, and you want to make, remake your life into a blank slate, what, what, like, what is it going to be? You know, how, how are you going to do that? And what, what is going to be the result of that? And that I think is, is a really, really interesting, like insight <laughs> into the psyche there. And I think like, to a certain extent, it, it gives us a lot going forward into, you know, what, what is coming after this, because we've kind of, we've seen some of these tropes to a lesser extent in like the quantum leap episode where he's in the body of the indigenous man. We've seen it, you know, we've seen kind of the fear of, of native masculinity in Buffy. We saw, um, you know, we saw it in brave star, like this indigenous noble, savage trope. Like, so, I think Star Trek gives us a really, really good foundation going forward into kind of what we can expect to see further, but it just takes it to the extreme. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't really make it any better. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I, that does bump it up to a 0.5 for me. So, so personally when I rewatch Star Trek, which I do basically every night, uh, (laughs) I generally skip this episode and I recommend that you do also like Mm -hmm. watch it one time for educational purposes and for posterity, and then I think that you'll agree that you don't really want to see it again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Chelsea? Uh, well, I, I'm i I'm, I'm tired of the insight. I've had the insight. I, I feel like, you know, all you have to do is walk out into the street and say, hey, what do you think about Indigenous peoples? And you will get the insight. Read the comment sections. You will get the insight. Um, honestly, I think that this episode can be buried... In the deepest hole on Earth, and nobody's gonna miss it. So, uh, you know where you gave it a, a 1.5. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swing it the other way. I'm gonna give it a 0. 0.5, the well, lowest rating that I have given any episode that we have watched so far, because I hated this movie so intensely that I actually found myself grinding my teeth. And Star Trek ain't gonna pay for that. It's just not. So, uh, I, I, I did myself damage watching this complete pile of shit. This <laughs> racist uh, trash. It was just so absolutely disgusting and offensive on every level that uh, that I, I may have thrown up in my mouth a little bit. So uh, I, you know what, 0.5 phallic alien obelisks for this one. Yeah. We'll never watch again, uh, ever. Yeah, and I mean, you know what? What it comes down to,
2: really. And, like, I like. I totally respect that because you know what. Who's gonna
1: pay for the racism orthodontia? Yeah, right, right. All the grinding that we do when we have to deal with those those racist tropes, where you're just your teeth are just grinding down. Who's gonna pay for that? I'm telling you, it ain't Star Trek. No. Although Star Trek, if you want to pay for that, no, I will take the money. I'm, I'm I, absolutely. If you want to pay for my dental care, I will take the money. So, uh, yeah, that's the show. That's and, the show, and uh, we can give you a little sneak peek
2: into what's coming for, like what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Um. The sneak peek is basically, will we do more Star Trek? Will we look at the ways that Star Trek tries to redeem itself going forward for this episode? May we. May we? And also maybe to leave the mystery. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um I don't know. What else is there to say, really? That's it. Like, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this new platform, Indian Cowboys mm-hmm. Production. Uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to view um, what is really, you know, a pretty classic show that we've been kind of, you know, building up to, really, you yeah. know. Uh, we've done it now, and I and I think that, uh, that we've... You know, we also had the awesome opportunity of meeting a bunch of fans recently. Mm. Who, pe- actual people besides the two of us Who actually listened to our show that was cool yeah you know i gotta say that was cool so um big shout out to all y'all fans i hope we gather some more and if not you know i can keep listening to this podcast on endless loop you
2: know our our fucking you know listen count is never gonna go down it's only gonna go up because at the end of the day we listen to us yeah and if you
1: listen to us that's great yeah thanks buds all right we're 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 friends yeah so uh yes uh that's it for this uh 6th episode of tea in Space 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 in Space Space,
3: space.